Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. And good morning to you all down in Wexford. Lovely to talk to you. So food and exercise and the link with food and the thoughts of food and drink when you're actually exercising. Is that unusual, Dr. Mary? Actually, that is, yes, because normally when you're exercising, um, you actually reduce the level of digestion and absorption of your food during the exercise period. Now, it wouldn't shut off your Your smell. So, yeah, um, or your thoughts, exactly, if you feel, gosh, you're a little bit hungry. But that would be even unusual in itself, all right. Yeah. I, I just, I've heard it before that particularly in a marathon run, people get so hungry in the middle of it. So I, I suppose it's safe to ingest some sort of food into you, isn't it? Some sort of glucose or something when you're doing it. If you can, yes. Obviously, any of the um, isotonic drinks are ideal when you are exercising because the level of glucose and electrolytes that are naturally present in your blood are matched by what's in an, what's called an isotonic sports drink. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the advice is that you should be having something every 15 minutes. Right. And after exercise, then, do you need to, 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 to take a little break before you digest anything or do you go straight for something like a banana or some sort of food? What do you think? Well, if you're talking about very heavy exercise, obviously something like um, that would include both your protein and your carbohydrate. Now, what's very popular um, is those um, chocolate milk drinks um, that are very handy that you can put into your kit bag because you're getting both your carbohydrate and your protein immediately after the exercise. So that's actually, you know, a a great way of topping that up. So you're obviously doing some serious running then, are you? (laughs) I'm I'm getting older and slower, so uh, at least I didn't have to go looking for me yesterday afternoon. But no, no, I enjoy it. I'm not the only one. 800 people did it yesterday and enjoyed every minute. Uh, That's fantastic. Well done. That is absolutely fantastic. So talking about food, that's leading us on to what I'm here to talk about this morning, which is, yeah, um, it's about this research that was done by Yakult into the lack of diversity in the Irish diet, particularly Mm -hmm. in relation to plant foods. Now, I need to clarify, first of all, exactly what plant foods are, because that seems to be one of the big misconceptions, what we're actually talking about plant foods. And we're talking predominantly as nutritionists, we refer to plant foods as things like vegetables, fruits, seeds, nuts, um, herbs, um, whole grains, and then things like beans and lentils. So this survey showed that in actual fact, a lot of people are mistaken mistakenly thinking that um, a plant food is anything that comes from one of the ingredients from a plant, but it's not. What we mean by plant foods is foods that are in their most natural state. So say things like, as I say, but people didn't realize that fruit is considered a plant food. Now, we're supposed to have 30 different plant foods in our diet on a weekly basis, and this survey showed that we only actually have about 10. Oh, all right. So what, the misconception mm. that if you're eating a biscuit, um, you're eating plant food. Yeah, Yeah. no, not at no. all, no. It's literally in its most natural state because these plant foods contain um, what's called polyphenols, which are shown to enhance the growth of bacteria in our gut and thereby improving our gut health. There's been an awful lot of research recently yeah. into the role of our gut health in our overall well-being and in our mental health. 
Now, we already have bacteria in your gut. So you need to sort of feed this bacteria, and that's using what we call prebiotics. What are they? So you'll what, get what, what are prebiotics? prebiotics? Prebiotics would be things like apples, bananas, um, cauliflower, garlic, onions. Um, they're all the, what we call the prebiotics. And then we have um, other fermented foods, which you're going to get in things like natural yogurt, in yakult, in miso, in pickled vegetables. Um, and they will all of these will enhance the amount of bacteria, the healthy bacteria living in your gut, which is going to improve your overall gut health, which is shown to be very, very important in our overall health and well-being. Well, if you have a diet of garlic, onions and leeks, you might be very healthy, but you won't have too many friends, will you? Well, it depends how much of them you're having. And that's where the 30 comes in, in that we try to get as many different uh, plant foods as we can. So yeah. if you look at um, the, all the different colours, so think of all the different colours of fruit and you're looking at all the different colours of vegetables. But we can also use things like lentils and beans and chickpeas, which are very easy and um, inexpensive ways of stretching out your family meals as well. So this is about adding stuff in. It's not about replacing it. So say, for example, if you're making something like a spaghetti bolognese, um, use the things, the natural things like the onions and the garlic and the tinned tomatoes, and then you can add in your peppers and your mushrooms, but you can use in the kidney beans and the chickpeas. So it goes an awful lot further and you're not uh, having to spend an awful lot of money to get it. What about tinned and frozen goods? Where do they stand in this? Yeah, um, they are absolutely uh, considered nutritionally just as good as the fresh one. Um, Frozen vegetables are a very convenient way of getting a huge range of vegetables in your diet. You can get such a wide range of fresh and frozen fruit. So your frozen food can easily go in, fruit can easily go into making smoothies um, or any type of fruit-based desserts. So any of those foods, I mean, and people tend to move away um, from frozen or tinned fruit and vegetables, but in actual fact, there's no reason not to use them on a daily basis as well. So, look, the stats, you, we go back to the biscuits where you say more than 1 in 20 people in Ireland believe biscuits are derived from plants. Ice cream has also been mentioned and wine has been mentioned. So, none of these count, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yes, because they're not in their natural state. Now, red wine does have some antioxidant properties because they are obviously coming from uh, the grape. But in general, no, these aren't counted as plant foods because they'd be what's called, and I, I don't mean what's called processed, but they're, they are processed. Whereas if you're looking at uh, stuff in their natural state, like an apple or a banana, um, these are the foods that are going to contain these polyphenols um, and they're going to have um, these these bacteria promoting compounds in them, if we call them that. But yes, it has to be in as, it's as near as natural state as possible. Oats would be another um, food that would be in there that would be called a prebiotic as well. Yeah, oats. Or whole, whole grain cereals. So things that have had as little processing as possible to make it edible. How do we become more adventurous? Because on the basis of what you and I have been talking about, it seems that we're, as a nation, still quite conservative. I, I thought we had become more adventurous into what we're eating. In yeah, yeah. I think from my own perspective, I can see that 
people who have no money worries have spent a lot of money on a lot of foods that really aren't absolutely necessary in the diet and you know you'll always get trendy foods that you know that are quite expensive but there's no need to include these in the diet for example Dan, and particularly Dan and Wexford there's an abundance of strawberries um, in the summer months of, of from that so use all the ones that are in season a lot of people grow their own rhubarb um, in the win in the autumn time we have a huge amount of parsnips and um, parsnips and carrots um, so it's to use what's in season but if you have them we've plums at the end of the summer we get a huge amount of plums as well so use what's in season but do freeze those as well um, so you might, they might not be great when you take them out of the freezer to eat in the raw state, but they certainly would go into, I say, things like smoothies or making fruit-based desserts. Look, obesity is high on the agenda at the moment. I'm sure as a dietitian you deal with this on a regular basis. What we're discussing today, would that go some way to alleviating problems with obesity? Could it be applied at a younger age for people? What do you think? Um, I would probably look on them as being two different things but related if if you look at the food pyramid and the new food pyramid recommends that we would have seven fruit and veg a day now if you manage that multiplied by seven days a week you're looking at 49 fruit and veg in a week which is more than the 30 plant-based foods that we're looking at so you're going to improve your gut health automatically by increasing these foods. But if you're able to include these foods instead of other high-energy snack foods, because all of these foods are relatively low in energy value. So if your snacks become your... your um, if your snacks become fruit-based instead of more high energy food obviously that's going to be a good thing and it's teaching yeah. the younger people how to include these in the diet rather than the high energy snack foods but as i say i do think they're two totally different things because where anybody can increase all these foods which is automatically going to improve your gut health but it's not as um as as a, as, uh, as, a, as i say as a substitute as adding things in if we can uh, finally we have a comment in from a listener who's asked to remain nameless could you please ask uh, dr mary why at times when my food goes down i sometimes feel ill water can make me feel ill at times i've lost half a stone not on purpose i can't afford to lose weight even at times food makes me cough i love eating my food but at times i wonder is the food pipe trying not to accept food i've heard this before uh, mary um, is it a regular occurrence or what could it be no, and I would advise that listener to go and see their GP, to be quite honest. Okay. Um, when we do eat food, you can produce a lot of, particularly with particularly spicy food, it can produce a lot of mucus and nasal drip, which can cause you to cough when you're eating your food. But in actual fact, from what that person describes, I would actually probably think they would definitely need a, a trip to their GP. All right, well, hopefully they'll take that on board and go visit their doctor now. Listen, we leave yes. it there for the moment. Can people access this information? Is there a comprehensive website where they can get all this information? There is, actually, and there's lots of recipes. If they go on to the Yakult website, uh, there's lots of recipes about increasing these, these, in, these, these foods in your diet, but also about gut health, and it's just www.yakultjust.ie. Great to talk to you, Dr. Mary. Look forward to linking in with you again Thanks. over the coming weeks. Have a Thank good day. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Good bye day. Bye. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix.
Chat, news and your views.